Radio VUCA go any faster, Ruben. What's she doing? She can't decide which socks to wear. She has a choice. She says the one pair makes her ankles look slimmer. Oh, honestly. Oh, apparently there's a big trend going on at school to wear the most ankle-slimming socks. Well, we're going to be late, Innocence. Can't you tell her to hurry? <gasps> Bongi, hurry up, man. Oh, right, thanks. Oh, I'm sure she'll be ready now. We have to drop her at school before I drop you at Carla's and then I still have to get to Vuka. Oh, uh, well, I don't know if I want to go into Carla's this morning. Why not? Oh, it's just because. There's something happened? Uh, no. What aren't you telling me, Innocence? There's a lady who works there. Her name is Nancy. She's the one who first told me about that man I fired. The dishwasher guy? Yes. She was the one who told me that he was misbehaving and... Yeah, and you dealt with it. So, what's the problem? Now, she wants me to give him his job back. In fact, she's saying that I have to give him his job back. But why? She said that his family is suffering and it's all my fault. But he was making all the female staff members uncomfortable. It's complicated, Ruben. No, no, it's not complicated at all, actually. He was out of line and he was fired. And for good reason. I know, but you You have to stand firm. You need to tell this dancy woman that hard decisions had to be made and you won't go back on them. I'm so angry with that man. He touched quite a few ladies very inappropriately. It was only Nancy who came and complained about him. Oh, there you go then. You did the right thing. Uh, but Ruben, do you think maybe... Uh, do you think he's been threatening her? But did she suggest that? No. But why would she complain about him and then all of a sudden ask me to give him his job back? If that's the case, then Nancy needs to say so and she needs to get hold of the police. Oh, it's not easy being in charge, Ruben. Yeah, I know. There's a saying, uneasy lies the head that wears the crown. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a queen, Ruben. There you go. You're smiling. Oh, you're such a good friend to me. You're my rock. Oh, now I'm a rock, am I? (laughs) Is there something wrong with that? (laughs) No, 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 not at all. Because he is the grandest, most brilliant detective of the morning, sir. What did he do? Okay, so I went to meet Itzy Miss Meetsy over the weekend. And Freddy went with you? Officially? Did he go on official business? Uh, no ways, Mr. Watwat. He was much, much more sneaky than that. What did you guys do? I was sitting there at the table. I wanted to look ultra cool. So I just sat there in my shades, drinking a beer. And then she arrived? Looking very happy with her own sense. And uh, when was this? On Saturday. So? So I watched this woman walking towards me. This woman who wants to try and make me part with all my heart and money for a child who is supposed to be mine. Uh, But now where's Freddy? Uh, The first star is out of sight. He went around the corner. Then when he took a peek at us and saw that we were comfortable, out he came. With his gun? Eesh, no, Miss Melissa. Why would he need his gun? I don't know. That's what cops do, V. They burst out from their hiding places with... Guns and stuff. Uh, There was no gun. Detectives don't burst into a situation with guns. They ask questions. They're detectives. They detect Uh things. So what did he do? He walked over and pretended I was his long-lost friend that he hadn't seen forever, I say. And I told Mitzi that this was my policeman friend. I don't see how that's some kind of genius detective work, Shorty. Really? You don't? Really? Because then this woman started crying and she just confessed to everything. What? Just like that? 
Just like that, Mr. What-What. Shorty, that's fantastic. But why would she just admit it? <laughs> she probably got a very, very big fright. She got the scrack of her life, Munna. The words came out before she could even think about it. Did he arrest her? No, he gave her a long lecture. He told her that what she was doing is called extortion. And they are watching her now. Good. She even confessed that she's done this before. Good grief, what kind of woman is this? A very bad one. Oh, Freddy should have arrested her and locked her up. You can't do this to people. Oh, don't be so hectic, Anil, babe. Maybe she's had bad experiences with men. Maybe she's had this child and the real father won't pay and she needs the money. Oh, people do very strange things when they're desperate. Yeah, but what about my short friend, yeah, Shorty? Huh? He, he would have been the desperate one if she'd gotten away with it. Heesh. The best thing is that the terrible feeling I had in my stomach has gone away. Shame, Shorty. I was scared I'd been a terrible father. You could never be a bad father, hun. And Mitzi has learned her lesson. Yes, that is a very good thing. Uh, I hope so. It wouldn't be right if she did this with another man and he fell for it. Okay, so I have some off-the-charts hold-the-phone stunning news. What? Jean-Pierre arrives tonight from Toronto. Waited it, waited. Oh, I can't wait to see him. Oh, I hope he's not too tired to come to Brabrus for a little drink. Ah, uh, for sure. He needs to come here and have a big fat party, sir. No, 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 Shorty. Jean-Pierre needs all the beauty rest he can get when he arrives. He's here to work, not to play. He must be so angry. I think he's just more worried than anything. Yeah, I'd be totally embarrassed. Sounds like a desperate situation. Especially if he's having to go to Anil for help. What exactly does he need, Doc? The restaurant had a lot of expensive equipment and a lot of it was damaged by Baron and he's uh, in the fight. Yo, 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 like what? What did they think they were doing? The owner of the nightclub wants 15,000 rand to cover the damages and he needs to replace the equipment. A special coffee machines, a cabinet full of glasses, and a big mirror was also broken. Yeah, that's expensive to replace. How many kids were there? In the end, it seems they identified three as being involved. And Anil is going to replace it all? <laughs> that seems like a lot to ask. Uh, the damage was extensive and it needs to be rectified. So Denton called you and you called Anil and he said he'd give Denton all the stuff? Yes. Uh, you know what's going on in Zimbabwe. You, you can't replace things easily. They could have just said no. To the nightclub owner? Yeah. No way, Spra. Why not? Because you don't just say no to nightclub owners when it comes to money, Ruben. Uh, they're not lawmakers, Silas. They are scarier than lawmakers, Braddock. If those guys want to fix something, you pay up and figure out your loss later. It just seems excessive to me. But these guys know people, and those people know people. And when you put all those people together, all those people who know each other, hey, you've got problems, man. Well, the nightclub owner told Denton that if he replaced the glass cabinet and the mirror and the coffee machine, he'd call it quits. And what about Byron? What's happening with him? Denton said he was hoping to get Byron out of there and on the way home with him as soon as possible. And Anil was happy to give him this stuff. He was. Byron will have to pay it off, though. Mr. Watakaranda is a lifesaver, eh? I just hope it sorts itself out quickly and they come home. That bra owes people a lot of money now. Who? Byron? Yeah. He's going to have to work his butt off when he gets back. He owes you money, doesn't he? Yeah, and I'm going to be the first in line. Silas, hey. Hey, hey, Jess. Uh, I've been looking for you. I've got some emails to send. And I need to start uh, prepping for my show. Yeah, see you later. Eh? Uh, if I hear anything more about Byron, I'll let you know. Cool, 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 Braddock. So, um... What's up, Jess? I, uh... 
Well, I got some free tickets for the local ice rink and I was wondering if you wanted to go with me. Yeah, okay. Cool. <laughs> I used to ice skate a lot when I was younger. It's a really great vibe. Oh, so you've uh, done it before? Yeah, I love it. Uh, okay. What's wrong? You might be propping me up a lot and catching me and, uh, and stuff. <laughs> you've never ice skated before? No, you're going to nail it and I'm going to look, uh, well, uh, a bit silly. Is that a problem for you? No ways. It'll be fun. But it might be a bit of a gym workout for you. I'm just warning you in advance. Hey, Shorts! Hey! What are you still doing here, brah? You got more people to drop off. Hey, slow. What's going on? Aren't you usually at brah Bruce by now? Uh, normally I am, but this is not a normal day. You okay? No, quick sticks. I am not okay. Does it look like I'm okay? I don't know. You seem okay to me. Well, I'm not. My brain is all shattered right now. I, I was driving, driving around in Maskorokor. I had some people in the bag. And then all of a sudden, I had this shattering experience. Well, actually, in fact, I dropped all my passengers off and there was just this one guy left. And then I had a shattering experience. Okay, you need to stop with the dramatics. Yeah? You're being completely dramatic, brah. Hey, Sha, that's rude, Quentin. But it's true. No, I'm trying to tell you how big this experience was inside Maskoroko. Then just tell me the thought. No ways. You're not going to tell me now? No, you insulted me. You insulted my person. Why should I tell you anything? Okay, cool, don't tell me. Uh, but I don't want to hear you beg and beg and beg, so I will be the bigger person and tell you everything. <sighs> okay. Okay, so when these people had left my taxi, I thought it was empty, and then this man, he was all of a sudden right behind me, and he started speaking in my ear. And then this muhu, he told me not to make trouble because troublemakers will be dealt with. What? What did he mean? Isn't it obvious, Moon? He knows me. Mitzi? What has this got to do with her? There has to be some kind of a connection, Moon. Why? Because she told you you were her kid's father and you bastard. Ah, that tutti fruit is most crazy, man. She could be plotting anything. I don't know. Maybe you're not looking at the bigger picture here. Hey, quick sticks. I have painted this picture inside my brain over and over again. On the left of the picture is me. On the right of the picture is me. And then in the middle is this move. Sometimes in the picture he's wearing shades. Sometimes he isn't. But he's there. Huh. Why the shades, bruh? Because I can't remember if he was actually wearing them when he spoke to me. He was sitting behind me and I was too scared to look in my rearview mirror. Because, you know, in the movies, if you look at them, they must kill you. So I play with the picture to make it interesting for myself. Okay, so now, look at the picture. Yeah, okay. What you doing? Closing my eyes so I can see the picture. Oh, oh okay, 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 good. Uh, there's me, and there's me, and there's that move. Okay, now put me next to you. In the picture. Eh? Do it. Ish, okay. Now take out Mitzi. Yeah, okay. And in her place, put the guys who stole those radios. The syndicate who was stealing radios out of the taxis here at the taxi rank. Ish, quick sticks. And now? This picture, it makes a lot more sense now. And you've got to look at the situation from the side of your workers so you can understand what they're dealing with. Uh, 
tell me about it. I had this fella working for me a few years back. Kept moving all the stuff around, you know, jumbling it up. He'd put soaps next to hockey sticks, garden furniture with kettles. It was an absolute nightmare. How odd. First I shouted at him, V, but he just kept doing it. So I decided to look at the situation from his perspective. You know, find out what was driving the speller to do what he was doing. And I did. I found out. Uh, what was it? Well, he was afraid of seeing certain colors next to each other. What? Yes? Yeah, it is pretty strange. But that's what it was. Uh, you mean if he saw like red and blue next to each other, he would go crazy? Uh, it was green and yellow. He didn't go crazy. He just started feeling anxious and confused. Apparently, it's a real condition. Bizarre. I felt for the poor man, but I had to retrench him. And I obviously recommended that he see a psychologist. You Shame. But that was just it. Looking at what he was doing from his side and communicating. That's what I've learned since I've been managing here. Communication is key. When I was... Exactly. It's communication all the way. I, I know with my work, communication's always been the cornerstone. I, the touchstone of how the business runs. In fact... <laughs> what... what, what Hey, Mr. Watwat, don't you want to hear what my innocence is going to say about communication? Oh, uh, hmm? Ah, sorry, uh, did I interrupt? Oh, it's okay. Ah, no, sorry, sorry, innocence. It's this espresso man turns me into a maniac in the morning. I should really stick to tea. Oh, it doesn't matter. Carry on with your story. No, 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 I want to hear what you have to say. Yes, tell us, love. Well, you know I've had this stuff problem here lately. Uh, Nancy and the dishwasher guy. Mm-hmm. Well, I decided I needed to call everyone together this morning and talk about it. I told them that if they are unhappy for whatever reason, they need to come and tell me what's worrying them. Then I asked if any of them disagreed with my decision to fire the staff member who'd been behaving inappropriately. Did anyone disagree? No one. Then I said if they were too nervous to speak in front of everyone, they should speak to me privately. And if any of them wanted to leave because of the decision I made, they were afraid to go. Then I took a vote on who was staying, and everyone put up their hands. Oh, wonderful! And then they even, they even gave me a round of applause after. Did they? <laughs> See, Ma, they love you and they respect you. Now you can lead them into battle, Elmos. Battle? Uh, you know, battle of the kitchen. Beating the eggs, whipping the cream, and crushing the vegetables. <laughs> we never crush vegetables. Ah, uh, you should. You got to show them who's boss. Look who I've got! She caught me in a hairnet on the N1. <laughs> oh, oh, welcome oh, back. Hello, sweetheart. Hello, beautiful people. Oh, it's so <laughs> wonderful to see you again. Oh, you too, darling. Yo. You are a really white man now, wait, my China. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, I'm going to stand in the sun every day I'm here. Anil? Hey, good to see you, young man. Oh, bless you for saying young. <laughs> and how's my lady innocent? Oh, very well, thank you. Uh, she's running Carla's now. Wow, really? Just while Carla is away. Well, it looks and smells and feels wonderful in here. Oh, it's great to be back and see you all. Sit, sit! <laughs> so many sweeties in one room. Oh, 
I feel very lucky. I feel lucky to have you here, Hoiti. I need some fun in my life. Shame shorts. I thought your life was non-stop fun. Uh, for sure, sometimes. Uh, but lately it's been dark and scary, Xe. But I'll tell you all about it some other time. You must. I want to hear everyone's stories and all the gossip and goings on. Have you heard Melissa's going to be playing opposite Raymond Fitzsimmons in Taming of the Shrew? I have, and I'm delighted. Been telling the little princess to return to the stage for years, and at last she's taken my advice. Oh, it's only amateur, so it's not exactly a return to the stage. Babe, Raymond Fitzsimmons is in it. Uh, how come everyone knows this Raymond guy? I don't. Uh, neither do I. Uh, uh, no one knows theatre actors. Shorty, you do know him. He was in that advert about, um, what was it now? Uh, coffee? Instant coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prepared in an instant, enjoyed for a lifetime. Oh, him. <laughs> Forgot about that. Hey, that guy. Uh, but he's old, Moose. He's a silver fox. I always wondered what that meant. Be purred in an instant, enjoyed for a lifetime. Ooh, Mel's. Maybe you should ask him. Oh, you're right. Oh, Raymond, my absolute fave role of yours was when you were in that, that coffee ad, or as I like to think of it, the hamlet of advertisement role. <laughs> Shut up! But, but I've always wondered what you meant when you said, prepared in an instant. In JD, stop it! <laughs> I'll never be able to get that out of my mind when I see him today. Uh, do rehearsal start today. Mm-hmm. Read through. I'm totally nervous. Don't be. You're a star. Oh, I can't wait for the first performance. Me neither. Guys, don't. You're stressing me out. Focus on JP. You haven't seen him for ages. Yes, give me attention. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, uh, tell us your story, Hoyt. Uh, you back for good? No, just for my new show. Oh, it's going to be fabulous. Mostly winter wear with a twist, of course. Oh, yeah? What's the twist? Not telling. You'll have to come and see the show. Oh, how exciting. So, how have your shows in Canada gone? Well, well, the whole thing is just uh, much more formal over there. Everyone's very tense and serious the whole time. That's why I'm so excited to be doing this one. There's more of a, a chilled vibe here. <laughs> For sure. Uh, what do you call a chilled vibe in Canada? Uh, I don't know. What? A frozen vibe. <laughs> Primary and secondary schools around the country, many retired teachers are finding a way back into teaching. I think that's wonderful news. The fact that consent educators are beginning to heed the call for improving the standard of education among our young people is very encouraging. And I'd like to add my voice to the many that are appealing to maths and science teachers especially to help where they can. We'll talk more about extending and expanding education possibilities after the break. Stay with VUCA. And you're clear. Thanks. I wonder how many retired teachers there are in the country. I wonder. There must be stats somewhere. Uh, I suppose there's a limit to how retired you are. Uh, you can't expect 90-year-old retired teachers to go back to teaching. No, but I'm sure there are some 90-year-olds who could give it a go. <laughs> yeah, I would make a great initiative. Now that I think about it, did you listen to Harold's Between the Lines show where he reviewed In the Driver's Seat, Lessons in Leadership by Brant Pretorius? Mm-hmm. 
Well, apparently he's hugely involved in a campaign to get young kids reading. Is he? That's wonderful. I always find it encouraging to hear about very successful people who want to contribute to other people and not just their own bank accounts. And there we will meet, and there we may rehearse most obscenely and courageously. Take pains, be perfect. Adieu. Now, where is that pencil? Oh, you don't have to hang around, dear. I don't mind locking up alone. Actually, I just wanted to Wasn't talk to you. Wasn't that thrilling? Did you notice that I quoted Bottom from A Midsummer Night's Dream when I was saying goodbye? Oh, yes. I don't know if anyone heard, but I think Raymond might have caught some of it before he left. Yeah, I, I don't know. One doesn't like to overdo it. I guess not. But Raymond is very sensitised to the bard, so I'm sure he can't have missed my intentions. Your intentions to say goodbye? My Shakespearean intentions. Oh. When you quote tracts of Shakespeare by heart, you are always intending a great deal. A very great deal. Oh, I guess it shows you haven't got much of a social life. I beg your pardon? Nothing, nothing. How did you feel about the read-through? Oh, it was wonderful. Was it? I was very nervous. You weren't? Terrified. The script was shaking in my hands. Really? Poor thing. Well, you couldn't tell. Are you sure? I was convinced everyone could hear my heart beating. It was so loud. Darling, the only heart I could hear was my own. You were Stella. Do you think Raymond noticed? Of course not. There was nothing to notice. Besides, he was completely focused on his own performance. He does seem pretty self-involved. Wouldn't you be? Knock, knock. Am I interrupting? <gasps> it's JP. Hello, sweetie. Took me ages to find the place. Hello. Jay, uh, this is Mrs. P. Mrs. P, this is Jay. Jean-Pierre Dutois-Mouton. The fashion designer? Yep. Oh, I've never met one of you before. How thrilling. <laughs> and are you involved in the costumes? Oh, no. I'm just... Let's just say I'm assistant directing for the moment. Costumes are always last on the list with us, I'm afraid. We usually beg, borrow or steal whatever we can. Or, if we're lucky, there's someone in the cast who's handy with the sewing machine and Hessian. Hessian! Well, I'm about to change all that. Can't have my Melee running around in public in someone's old curtains like one of the Von Trapp children. Oh. <laughs> Are you... Are you offering to make our costumes? I'll see what I can do. But that would be marvellous. I can't believe a famous designer would offer himself so selflessly to theatre. Well, it's for Mel, really. It's for much more than that, dear. It's for art. It's for community. It's for Shakespeare! Because troublemakers will be dealt with. No. Hectic, eh? That shouldn't be allowed to happen. But it did. I wish I never got involved. It was all that radio-stealing syndicate thing. I should have looked the other way. I shouldn't have busted those guys. Nonsense! You did the right thing. Both you and Okuntops were doing good. You were trying to make things right. And look where it got us. Shorty's getting threatened. But, but, 
we can't just allow the thugs and the bully boys of society to stop us from doing the right thing. You chaps saw some shady business going on and you just put a stop to it. And you didn't just do it for yourselves. You did it for the good of your fellow taxi drivers. That's admirable. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's what everyone should do. That's what being a responsible member of society is all about. It's pretty hard if, when you're responsible, brass start telling you that troublemakers will be dealt with. Uh, for sure. Also easy for you to say stand up for good when it isn't you whose life is at stake. No, uh, I agree, but uh, but Shorty's life isn't at stake. Uh, could be. Shorty, you don't even know why that guy threatened you. And I really don't think... Uh, don't think... Don't think what? That he is going to be killed? I don't want to be killed. And neither do I. Stop talking about killing. You started it. You did. Sorry. Mr. What What is right. We did the right thing. We've got to stick to it and be brave. Yo, exactly. The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is that good men do nothing. Yes, good one. Did you make that up? Uh-uh. It was John F. Kennedy. That good men do nothing. Well, I'm a good man and I did something. Yeah, you did. And I'm gonna keep on doing something, except. It's too tough. What is? The, the beef. I cooked it for too long and it's too tough. Oh, it tastes terrible. It tastes like it always tastes. Oh, so what you're saying, Ruben? Eh? That my beef always tastes rough and tough and terrible? No, I love the way it tastes. But it tastes so awful. No, it doesn't. Innocence, are you okay? Yes, I'm fine. Just because I don't like this food doesn't mean that anything is wrong with me, Ruben. Okay, oh. all right. Uh. Bongi! She's in her room doing her homework. How do you know? Because I checked on her before I sat down to eat. Okay. I hope you're doing your homework and not playing with your hair. Innocence? I'm just checking. She's a little girl. Let her play with her hair. Ruben, that child is my responsibility. You mustn't tell me what to do with my own responsibility. Just like you mustn't tell me how my own food tastes. Are we back on the beef now? Oh, I can't eat it. I'm going to make myself a sandwich. Do you want one? No. Fine. Eat the food, but don't come to me when that... I'm not eating this food, and you're not going to the kitchen to make a sandwich until you tell me what is going on. Oh, oh, Ruben, I feel very, very nervous and not comfortable. What happened? Is it something I did? Did something happen at work? At the restaurant. Is it that woman again? Is she giving you trouble? Because I thought you handled all of that. No, no, no. Nancy's fine. Then what? Carla phoned me last night. Her mother is sick and she wants to stay in Italy for longer than she was going to. So when was she supposed to be back? Next week. Okay. And this is what's upsetting you so much? Yes. But you've been doing such an excellent job. I don't understand. Ruben, I have to do all these things. Money things. Okay. I have to pay suppliers and order new stock and go to the bank and things like that. But there are all these separate suppliers and their details are all different and the stock I need is all very different and I feel like I have to do this big thing and it makes my heart beat too fast. Yeah. Now these people, the suppliers, they all know that you're standing in for Carla. Yes. And Carla's given you all the details and everything. Yes. She gave me the bank details and the amounts and all the phone numbers. Okay. So if you have any questions, you can call people and clarify, right? Yes, but Ruben, what if they tell her? What if they think I'm stupid? They won't think that. Oh, you don't know that. Innocence, you're a highly capable, talented, intelligent woman. You can't worry what people think about you. Oh, I can't help it. Okay, 
I know what you can do. What? Go and see Anil. He has an incredible amount of experience when it comes to financial matters. He's been running that emporium for years. Well, I didn't think of that. I'm sure he does all the banking stuff and ordering of stock himself. Now, if you have any questions or concerns, you should go and speak to him. Oh, you are a very good friend to me, Ruben. And you need to stop doubting yourself. Oh, I know. Okay, I feel better now. So you're going to go and see him? Yes, I'll set up a meeting today. So, he just arrives at the Dramatic Society Hall after I read through last night and announces that he's going to do the costumes for Shrew. Melissa! Isn't that the fiercest thing you've ever heard? Wonderful! Oh, he is the most generous somebody. I mean, here he is, on this whirlwind trip, about to launch his new range in a fashion show, and he still finds the time to do this. It shows you how much he loves working with fabric. Uh, no. It shows you how much he loves working with me. You think this is about you? Of course it is, V, babe. One of Jean-Pierre's most primary goals in life is to make sure that I look good. But how? He doesn't even live here anymore. Sometimes I lay out different outfit options on my bed and I take photos of them and I send them to him and he tells me which one is perfect. What about the time difference? Oh, I do it in advance. So, like, we'll arrange a time on a Sunday and he'll help me plan for the week. Well, he's always had a soft spot for you, Melissa. I remember once he said you were his fiercest friend on earth. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> I'm just glad he arrived after the read-through. Why? V, some of those actors, I mean, you can't even call them actors. They're really scraping the bottom of the barrel. Oh, dear. Look, they're fiercely enthusiastic, which is quite sweet. But some of them need to stop themselves. And Ray, is he his usual bombastic self? Oh, I think he's worse than ever, hun. But that's totes perfs for Petruchio, I guess. Mm, I just hope you can cope with him. Oh, I think he and I will make sparks fly. Okay, Mel. Don't freak out. Um, uh, Hi, Jess. Hey. What's going on? First, I just want to say that was my idea and it's all my fault. What is going on? Are you okay? It's not me. It's, um, it's Silas. <gasps> what has happened to Silas? There's a small problem. Spell Jess. Okay. So we went ice skating last night and... And he slipped and he twisted his ankle quite badly. Oh, no. What? How badly? He's limping. Oh, no. But he's taken the day off sick and he's going to the physio and having it sorted out. Jean-Pierre is going to flip. Of course he's got the modeling show. Oh, my actual oath, Jess. Do you know how badly he is going to freak out? No, 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 Mel. You can't tell JP. Uh, sorry, what? I promised Silas that we wouldn't tell JP. He's going to get it sorted out and JP doesn't need to know. Can the physio fix it in time? Apparently they're going to do some ice treatment and all kinds of things. How can he drive if his ankle is so bad? The shorty's taking him. Oh, this is so typical. I led him this killer gig and he goes and does this. It was an accident. Ugh. Oh, what kind of sports person doesn't know how to ice skate anyway? It's my fault. I'm the one who suggested we go and then he fell and... Oh, it's not your fault, Jess. Is it, Melissa? Hmm. Is it, Melissa? No, you're right, V. <sighs> Silas is a big boy. He needs to take responsibility for his actions. He could have easily suggested a movie or something. He knows this gig is coming up. Well, he'd better sort himself out or Jean-Pierre will never use him again.
called the South African version of The Help. Oh, yes, I saw the film. And what did you think? I thought it painted an accurate picture of racial prejudice in America's deep south. Did you like it? Oh, yes, it was a good film. Yeah, so this book, The Housemaid's Daughter, is set in the Karoo in 1935, and it deals with similar themes. Forbidden friendships across the color line. Yeah, the writer Barbara Much has created this character, Ada. She's the daughter of the maid to an Irish woman called Kathleen Harrington, who comes to live in this country. And they become friends? Yeah. Kathleen finds solace in her diary and in a friendship with Ada. Oh, don't tell me how it ends, but uh, is there hope? Oh, yes. Look, it's a painful story. It explores deep divisions in South Africa at the time. But there is redemption. And a feeling, uh, as cliched as it sounds, that love conquers all. Well, I'm looking forward to the show. This is a book that I'll definitely be reading. The darling was positively ecstatic. I stand! He is going through so much right now, so I think the news that Jean-Pierre is going to do the costumes for the show really lifted his mood. I thought all that mess up in Zim was sorted. No. Well, it was supposed to be. Denton had agreed with the nightclub owner that he would replace a whole lot of the stuff that got broken in the fight. Yes, Anil was arranging to have it all sent up. Right. But now, the accusations of assault are getting a lot more involved. According to Denton, it's become quite a hoo-ha. Shame. Poor Dee. This nephew of his has turned out to be quite a handful. Well, I just hope it gets sorted out soon, Mrs. P. Otherwise, we're going to have our hands full with Ray Fitzsimmons. Why? Well, he's going to want his director around. And if Denton doesn't show, Ray is going to start throwing his toys. Oh, he does that, does he? Yes, he does. And our toads don't want to be around when he has one of his legendary tantrums. Well, I'd better get hold of Denton right away and tell him to come home. Raymond Fitzsimmons needs to be kept happy at all costs. We cannot have the giant of the South African stage walking out on us. Mac will be back in a couple of days and then we'll know what's going on at Steve's game farm. Uh, did he give you a hint? Uh, any kind of hint about how it went, Mr. Watwat? Uh, no, no, but uh, he did tell me that he's managed to rustle up some Scotsmen who want to come aboard and help the cause. Uh, for sure. Uh, we need all the help we can get, Shorty Shots. Yes, I'm smacked in the gob by these Scottishies. Sorry? Smacked in the gob because they probably don't even know what a rhino looks like. But they still want to come here and help us save them. Ah, uh, they probably realize that if we don't get help, these creatures will be lost forever. I still don't understand why they would want to help us. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, Mac has come up uh, with a bit of a scheme. Uh, what kind of a scheme? A uh, good one. A buddy, buddy, shrewd idea. Hit me. Okay. He's got an initiative running whereby people who contribute significantly to the Save the Rhino project will be given the opportunity to come to South Africa and visit Steve's game farm. Then they'll be able to see the rhinos for themselves. Exactly. Yeah, okay. And when they get here, I'm going to take them up to Stevie Steve's place all by myself in Maskoroko. Hey, my short brother, you'll be first in line. Then I can also see those number one grander than grand rhinos with my own eyes. Hey, hey. How's it, beautiful people? Hey, team. Miss Melissa. Hey, hello, you two. Please sit. So, Melly has been on a total mish since I left. Eh? A, a mish? A mission, babe. She has found a whole bunch of new nightclubs since I went to Toronto. Eh, <laughs> sure. Uh, things are moving in Mozanzi, wait. 
Oh, I know. It's moving and shaking, and I am dancing to its rhythm. Uh, so you know what you need to do? Uh, buy some fierce dancing shoes. Ah, no. You need to move back home. Ah, I agree. Hey, Bru, you need to leave that frozen wasteland and come back. Toronto is off the hook, people. I know it isn't home, but honestly, the fashion, the focus, the fierce... I heart it like a plain white T-shirt hearts New York. Hey, I, I don't know how you can choose another place over your own country. Leave Jean-Pierre alone, Shorty. Uh, where's Silas? Oh, you haven't heard. Heard what? You are modeling China. Silas had a bit of it. A, lo- a bit of a last-minute um <clears throat> soccer thing he had to go to. Uh. I didn't know he had a soccer thing going on. Yeah, I didn't know he had a soccer thing going on. Well, that's why it's last minute. What kind of soccer thing? Uh... Yeah, what kind of soccer thing? Why are they repeating each other's sentences, Melly? Uh, PSL conference thingy, and there's this really big star that's that's going to be there. A football star person thing. <gasps> Is it Cristiano Ronaldo? Because if it is, I will totally just plot right here. No, no, it's, um... Sh- Shorty, who, who is it? Uh, it's... yeah, uh, some Italian guy, I think. <laughs> well, I don't know a thing about soccer, but I do know that those players are hot. You tell Silas, next time he's going off to meet gorgeous Italian sportsmen, he needs to hook a sister up. Right, so uh, where was I? Uh, the secret to running the ship. The ship, exactly. The ship of business. The good ship business. Everything needs to be ship-shaped and above board. The cogs must be oiled and the staff must know the ropes. A few loose cannons can sink you. But if you've got all your ducks in a row, it's plain sailing. Oh, oh Okay. Sorry, sorry, innocence. I got carried away with my uh, idioms, my shipping idioms. And some ducks. Yes, the ducks were out of place. I'm mixing my idioms and metaphors and, gosh, I've confused myself now. I was trying to talk about dealing with suppliers and management. Yes. So, let me start again. Good management is all about knowing the details of everything. So, if you want to manage well and efficiently, you've got to know about everything that's going on in your business. Okay. That starts with communicating well and often with your staff. Got that one. Right. Uh, Then you need to delegate. Give duties to other people so you don't do everything by yourself. You share out responsibility. But I have to manage the restaurant. Yeah, sure. But uh, you can't manage the restaurant well if you try to do everything by yourself. Distributing the workload of the business leads to more productivity. Mm, more productivity. Okay. Uh, now, with these suppliers, uh, tell me, you, you don't have to negotiate prices with them, do you? Uh, no, Carla has done all that. Okay. Well, then that's easy. Uh, all you have to do is be clear on what you need to order when you need it by and who you need it from. Oh, Carla gave me a list. Oh, wonderful. See, now this is perfect. It looks very comprehensive. Short of any of these contracts dropping off the planet, you should be able to keep Carla's cruising along steadily. Just remember to be clear on delivery dates. I will, yes. Well, I think that's all I need to tell you for now. I could give you more detailed advice, but uh, it seems you're working things out for yourself. Thanks, Mr. Otakananda. Thanks so much for this. It's been very helpful. Uh, Good. Now, remember, 
If you ever have any questions or business issues you like to discuss, you must just give me a call. Oh, thank you, I will. I'll see you later. Before you go, Innocence, do you want to know what I really think? What? I think you're running Carlos buddy, buddy, buddy well. And you don't seem to have any major problems with administration, but it's not what you really want to do, is it? Uh, well, well, not exactly. But it's good experience and I'm not going to be doing it forever. That's so true. You're right. Okay, I'll, 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 I'll see you later. Uh, but what were you going to say? I was going to say, and, and as you see, it's only temporary, but uh, I was going to say, if you want to focus on your creative work in the kitchen, then uh, why not hire a PA? Hmm? A PA? Yeah, a, a, a personal assistant. Someone to do all the admin work, so you're free to come up with recipes and oversee the cooking. I don't have to do anything. You do! Meili, you know I haven't said anything because I wanted to protect you. And you... Yeah, 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 I know all that. What I need to know now is what happened. It's not fair that you know the details of Charles running off with that bimbo and I don't. Now, now, babe. She wasn't the only bimbo. Chuck was a total bimbo for... I know, I know. I hate them equally. Tell me the story. Okay. Well, she's a vicious little socialite. Oh, I knew it. Her name. Sharonique, I know. Well, I bet you don't know she's well known for slipping laxatives into the drinks of women she doesn't like. No. Yes. Gross. Anyway, she knew you and Chuck were dating. Obviously. She did everything in her powers to get his attention. Her Sharonique powers. Apparently. She pitched up at every event he attended. She sent flowers to his house every day and homemade cookies to his parents every week. And then the cherry on top. What? At one of his hockey games, she skated onto the rink at halftime, dressed in his team colours with his number on her back. The desperate cow! That's not the end of it. Then she did an ice skating solo to My Heart Will Go On and dedicated her performance to him. An ice skating dance? Yes. To Celine Dion? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's disgusting. I gagged when I saw it on TV. It was televised. Obviously. It was a big game. Well, well, she deserves him. And he deserves... Well, they deserve each other. That's exactly what I thought. I'd have never learned to skate anyway. But ice is too hard and... and... Icy? Yeah. Uh, morning, morning. Hey, Shorty. Uh, am I interrupting? No, no, come sit. Ah, thanks. <clears throat> I uh, just got off the phone with old Mac Mac. He's getting back from the game farm soon. Said he was looking forward to seeing you, Hoyt. Is he? Oh, the sweetheart. Actually, I'm looking forward to seeing him. There's a chance I might be doing a show in Edinburgh next year, and I want to chat to him about the place. Uh, you going to move there too? Yeah. I'm going to move to a new cold climate every year. It's part of my new 10-year plan. Oh, after Canada, Scotland will be like Mauritius. Mauritius. Hish. I wish I was there, man. Just lying on the beach, drinking out of a coconut and loving myself, except. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, if I ever do a show there, you can come with me. Oh, I'm coming too. Yo, nutritious and delicious, doing fashion in Mauritius. <laughs> I've 
gone through like five basil plants and they all die. <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> I can't even keep a basil alive. Yeah, well, basil is actually quite a tricky one. And they're going dormant now anyway. Dormant? Yeah, yeah. Basil's an annual. Well, sweet basil is. And that's the one you've probably got. So you mean they don't live the whole year? They die halfway through? <laughs> What's the point of that? <laughs> well, they're not able to survive frost. So when it starts getting colder, they stop growing. You can plant some seeds in early spring. Seeds? No ways. Seedlings, then. In spring, I'll get you some seedlings. So you're saying I'll have to wait till spring to see if I can be the responsible mother of a basil? Yeah, it looks like it. Oh, no. I want to use it for pasta. Well, you still can. I'm sure it's available in the shops all year round. I suppose. <sighs> At least I don't feel so bad now. I wasn't killing basil. Basil was killing basil. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, there are lots of herbs that thrive in winter. Organum's very hardy if you have enough sun. My balcony's sunny nearly the whole day. Okay, great. Then all you need to do is Good get morning. some... Uh, hello, hello. Hey, Ma. So all you need to do is buy an oregonum plant. You can get a seedling or one that's more established. Put it on your balcony and remember not to overwater it. Oregonum's not a heavy drinker. Cool, thanks. Innocence, how did your meeting with Anil go? Yeah, did he help you out? Oh, uh, he did. It was wonderful. He actually suggested I get someone to help me with the workload so I can focus on developing recipes and working in the kitchen. Like a PA? Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? Well, I think that doing all the managerial work at Carla's has been good for me. But it would be nice to be able to work more in the kitchen. Oh, I miss working with the food. I used to be a PA. Oh, did you? Yeah. Before I came here, I was the assistant to a magazine editor. Oh, and I'm sure you were excellent at your job. I was pretty good. Mm. And how do you feel about doing a little PA work? Recent studies have shown that if smokers decide to quit, they have a lower chance of strokes or heart attacks than smokers, even if they put on a bit of extra weight by doing so. Now, smokers often don't want to stop smoking because they're afraid they'll put on weight. The chances of putting on weight when you stop are unfortunately quite high. But this isn't necessarily because nicotine speeds up your metabolism, but because it's an appetite suppressant. When you stop smoking, you want to eat more, and food tastes so much better. So you do. In order to avoid weight gain when becoming a non-smoker, you have to try and snack on healthy foods rather than demolishing tubs of ice cream. With a good diet and exercise, it's possible and even pleasurable to get back to an optimum weight. When I was a smoker, I struggled for a long time to give up, and I never believed I would be able to stop. Well, I've been a non-smoker for over a year and a half now, and I have to tell you, I've never felt better. Join me after the break for ways to beat the cigarette monster. You can do it too. Don't go away. You're clear. Thanks. Nice and positively. Oh, good. Well, I didn't want to discourage anyone by telling them it took me nearly a year and a half to get back to a weight I'm satisfied with. Vee, you fell pregnant during that time. It wasn't just giving up smoking that made you put on weight. Oh, <laughs> true. <laughs> My pregnancies what made me give up smoking for good. Mm, I remember. Gosh, sometimes I can't believe I used to smoke. Me neither. But honestly, sometimes I see people lighting up in the cars on the way to work and I wonder what on earth they're doing. It just seems so bizarre and disgusting. I was sure you would think it was bizarre and disgusting. He just needs something to make him stop or make him feel like he's found a very good reason to stop. I can't imagine what that reason could be. 
Maybe he'll fall for someone who hates smoking, and he'll have to give up to be with her. Oh, if only. But no, in short, he'd quit smoking in front of her and be puffing away everywhere else. Haven't you been to this lady already? Yeah, twice. So, shouldn't your ankle be fixed now? Shorts, it's physiotherapy, not magic. It takes time. I'd get some magic if I was you. Yeah, well, unfortunately, there's none available. I know the size, shorty man, shorty. Don't even think about suggesting I go to your crazy doctor, dude. Uh, just trying to help. You are helping by driving me to the physio. Oh, yeah, but you, if you still can't drive, this ankle's got some serious problems. Ah, shorty man, it'll be fine. If I was you, I'd go to Haiti and tell him. Show him the ankle. You're crazy? Yo, he'd freak. I'm not going to let him down again. Again? This has happened before. Remember I twisted my ankle that other time? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, your ankles need some protein or whatever. <laughs> ah, shut up, man. <laughs> hey, you know what your problem is? Ankle protein deficiency? Jesse Jess. Eh? You know, Jesse Jess. You get carried away with her, and then you end up doing some love dance on the ice rink, and down you go. We didn't do a love dance. Swish, swish, boom, exhale. Huh? Uh, that's the sound of you and Jesse just skating, and then falling down, and in love. Shorty. What? Stop talking. You, uh, brother's got problems. Right? Yeah, my problem is you. Uh, Jesse Jess is a tutti frutti. Hey, shorty, she's not a tutti frutti. Yes, yeah, she is. What was that? Uh, nothing. I'm not talking anymore. Yeah, good. You can just focus on the driving. I need to get in and out of the fissure so I can get hold of South Africa's new Usain Bolt for the sports report. Hey, we have our own Usain Bolt. A kid with Usain Bolt potential. His name is Keenan Michal, runs the 110.4. Yo, I superstar. Uh, and uh, talking of superstars, you're going to have to tell JP about the soccer star you met at the PSL press conference last night. What? I almost told Waity about your injury last night. What? But take a shill chocolate, my bra. I said almost. I didn't spill those beans anywhere, except. All right, all right. Check this out. See, guys? I'm all healed. What catwalk is three steps long, Muna? <laughs> yeah, my China. You've got to walk a bit more before we can say whether you're healed or not. Okay, okay. Check. I'm walking. I'm walking. See? No, it, my bro. I scheme. You still got a bit of a lump there, my uh, Definitely still limping. Ah, rubbish, guys. The fish you're resting up yesterday has got my ankle back in shape 100%. <laughs> More like 60%, my brother. You've still got an injury, bro. And if you wiggle along the catwalk like that, all Waity is going to ask you why you are walking on eggs, Xay. <laughs> I look like I'm walking on eggs. Yeah, you look like you're clipping big time with that walk. Ah, rubbish, guys. You guys are just trying to create a whole lot of drama out of this. Why would we want to be making a drama, Mun? I don't know. For your own amusement. Hey, Silas, my brother. I don't need to be making jokes out of your ankle for my kicks, Xay. Shorty, look, look, look. Uh, uh, hey, uh, yeah, look here. Hey, it doesn't look as swollen as it did yesterday. Shorty, it's not swollen at all. What are we looking at? 
Because it's healed. Nice purple bruise, my brother. Hmm? Stop looking at the bruise. I'm showing you my ankle guard, not asking for a commentary on the color of my bruises. Okay, yeah, well, we see your ankle guard. And? And so? Look how well it's supporting me. My ankle is tight as a drum. Uh, maybe that's the problem. What do you mean? Maybe the guard is holding your ankle too tight. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and that's why you look like you're walking on eggs. Not enough mobility, TXA. So, so now you're the physio expert, huh? I'm only saying, Moss. Yeah, but the other thing is, if you take the guard off, maybe you'll really mess up your ankle. Yeah, too much pressure. Exactly. No support at all is dangerous, Ice King. Oh, for goodness sake. The experts on everything who know nothing. I'm going back up to my flat. No, 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 Chobra. Come, just lost the ankle guard where it is. Don't take it off and try the catwalk again. Fine. Okay, that's looking better, eh, Short? Uh, yeah. Now, just try to relax a bit more. Good, yeah. Much more natural, I say. You walk like that for JP, brah, you'll have no problems. You reckon it's okay now? Uh, for sure. Jeez, but you you got out of this one by the skin of your teeth, eh, Silas? <sighs> you see, guys? I told you, all I needed was one day with my foot up to sort me out. Okay, yeah, but don't overdo the walking now. <laughs> you are still got to rest and have more physio. Else you won't be able to pull it off at the rehearsal tonight with JP. Yeah, it's true. It's true, Shorty. I won't tie it out. And no more ice skating with your cherry. Hey, man, this is not my cherry, man. <laughs> Treat to be joining you ladies for morning tea. V and I are on the decaf skinny lattes, Mrs. P. So it's not exactly morning tea. So urban and glamorous. <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's just divine to get together for a chin wag with such illustrious women on a lovely crisp autumn morning like this. We're delighted to have you with us, Mrs. P. And I can't believe it's taken us this long to finally meet. I know. For years, I've been hearing all about how wonderful Veronica Leach is from Denton. And now, here we are at long last, face to face. And we've heard so much about you from Denton. And, of course, all about cute little Frodo. Oh, he's such a darling. You must meet him, too. Of course, Mel has already because she's come to my flat. Oh, such a cutie and very well behaved. A little contrary to the stories you've probably heard from Denton, I'm sure. Well... Oh, I'm, I'm sure Denton wouldn't say anything negative about No, no, you. it's quite all right. I know Denton can be rather grumpy sometimes. But when all is said and done, he's an absolute sweetheart with looking after Frodo Kins when I'm away. <laughs> yes, Denton is always supportive in the end. In spite of the complaining, he's been a star. And the truth is, I simply couldn't live without my precious little Frodo. So to have someone who can look after him when I'm forced to leave my flat for a few days is just a godsend. I can imagine. He's too we're... gorgeous for words. Uh, Frodo, I mean. <laughs> of course, <laughs> not Denton. You know, he did the sweetest thing the other day. Mrs. P is doing such a marvellous job on the shrew rehearsals at the moment, V. Nonsense. I'm just trying to keep us muddling along until Denton gets back. There's no muddle involved at all. I don't think I've ever had such smooth first rehearsals. Well, I just hope Denton will be pleased with our progress when he returns. I can only imagine he'll be very happy with the work. And feeling smug, I'm sure, to have skipped the early read-throughs. 
the actors nervous and everyone feeling so daunted by the text. It's the most difficult stage of rehearsals, I think. It's such a pity there wasn't a role for you in the play, Veronica. Just think, we could have had two great actresses on stage. <laughs> You're very kind, Mrs. P. But my acting days are over. Too many other things to do. Of course. And the radio journalism is very important and demanding in its own right. There's that. But I was thinking of the full-time production I have on my hands with my little daughter, Faith. And that one is a long-term run. Faith? I've heard so much about her. I'd simply adore to see the little love sometime. That can certainly be arranged. Is Faith at the crèche this morning, V? Yes, and she's so happy there gurgling away when I have to go off. Exciting! New adventures for Faith. Morning, darling kids. Oh, hey, doll. Hello. Morning, Jean-Pierre. I've got such a treat for you all. (laughs) And especially for you two, Millie and Mrs. P. Ooh, what is it? You know, I've been running around like a mad thing for my show. I've hardly had a moment, but I did manage to quickly knock together some sketches for the shrew in between all the madness. Oh, let's see, let's see. So quick, Jean-Pierre, I'm amazed. Sometimes a girl just has to get moving on things, Mrs. P, or they'll never get done. Oh, Here we go. They're exquisite. Babe, is this one for me? Uh, it does say Kate on it, doesn't it, baby cheese? Oh, and this one? Oh, for my prettiest Millie. Jean-Pierre, they're sensational. And you've thought of every single character in the entire play. Of course, doll. We can't have one badly dressed odd one out. But it must have taken you an age to do all this work. (laughs) I sketch quickly. Maybe, but thank you for giving our little show so much attention. We're going to be the most glamorous production the city has seen in years. Amateur or professional. And Melissa is going to be at the heart of it looking like a million bucks. Hey, JP. Obvi. I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't make her look totes awesome. They are wonderful and so lavish. But I do have one little concern, Jean-Pierre. What's that, doll? How are we ever going to afford all of this? Don't give it another thought. I've got all my little elves working on it as we speak. And the Drama Society won't have to pay a single cent. Oh, but babe, that's incredible. But Hervey's costumes, JP. Every single one. That's very generous, Jean-Pierre. But are you sure you can... Shh, shh, uh-uh, not another word. I'm donating the whole shebang. And that's the end of the story. It's my little contribution to the community. I cannot believe that with your huge workload for your upcoming show, you still managed to put all of this together. I'm a man of many parts, Millie. Yes, Mr. Swanapool. Yes, I understand. But I assure you I made the electronic transfer on the 28th of March. For a consignment of 500 reclining chairs. Anil's Emporium and the order number was a reference. Yeah. I sent you a proof of payment on the day. Okay, well, it obviously hasn't gone through, so there must be a gremlin in the works somewhere. Yeah, I'll talk to my bank and get back to you. Yeah, yeah, as soon as possible. Mr. Swanapool, absolutely. Now, if you'll excuse me... I'm sorry, but I really have to go. There's someone here to see me. I'll speak to you shortly. Uh, come in. Hello. Hi, Mr. Water Commander. Hey, come in. <laughs> Sit down, please. 
Thank you. Now, uh, what can I do you for, dear ladies? Uh, Mr. Watakananda, I've been thinking about what you said about me maybe needing a PA at Carla's. Hey, good, good. Uh, then I was talking to Ruben and Jesse yesterday about it. And guess what? Jesse was working as a PA before she came to Radio Vogue. Really, Jesse? Uh, yes. Uh, for a couple of years, I've worked for this hotshot magazine exec. Uh, anyway... We were thinking that seeing as my workload at Booker is relatively light at the moment, uh, maybe I could help Ma out at Carla's. Hey, that's a superb idea. Now, how can I assist? I want to put it to Carla and I was hoping maybe you could draw up a, a budget or business plan so she can see that we can afford it. Yeah, hey, I got you, got you, got you. I'll do some number crunching and see what I can do to make your scheme work. an excellent response to your high-intensive training show last week, Mel. Oh, have people been phoning in? So many calls, and a lot of them. People saying they're going to start their own personal fitness campaigns. Fantastic! The more people who are inspired to get their bodies moving, the better. Especially with all the stats we're seeing on how prevalent obesity, heart disease and diabetes are. I've taken to having a brisk walk every morning. You go, Doc. And I even found an advert for a second-hand training bike in the classified of the newspaper. Oh, I hope your next step is to actually buy the bike, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> that is my plan. <laughs> what? Oh, only you would look in the classifieds. What's wrong with that? Absolutely nothing. But you do know you can buy second-hand goods online. Oh, true, true. But old habits die hard, Melissa. And there is something I particularly like about the romance of searching for an item in the print of my daily newspaper. Goodness, golly gosh, but what a time Denton has had in Zim with this whole Byron business. Have you spoken to him, Mr. Watson? Yes, this morning. And it seems there have been more complications around this nonsense with the club. Ah, don't tell me. Byron smashed the place up again. No, fortunately not, Shoddy. But now every Tom, Dick and Harry that was even vaguely involved in the fight at the club that night is making claims and counterclaims for damages and whatnot. What's Big D going to do? I offered to send him some more equipment for the nightclub owner, but he told me no ways. That nightclub owner probably thought he could squeeze some more cappuccino machines or whatever out of Dente Enmos. Exactly, my short friend. Totally opportunistic, which is why Denton said no to me sending more stuff. So what's he going to do? It looks like he had managed to sort it all out just with some diplomatic but firm negotiations with the nightclub owner. And he and Byron should be able to hit the road home tomorrow. Hey, so Byron is going to be in trouble when he gets back. No more jolling for him. <laughs> Ice cream, Denton will send him back to his mom. Hey, whatever happens, Quintop. The lad's gonna have to shape up or ship out. Denton won't stand for any more shenanigans after all of this. Shh, Munna. Why is he calling now? Uh, Silas, my brother. Hey, Shorts. Uh, I've got a problem. Aren't you rehearsing with Hoity right now? I can't talk, Shorts. You've just got to get over here as quickly as you can. Over where? But to my flat, Shorty, now. Move it! <laughs> That was another episode of Radio VUCA with Samson Kamalo as Doc, Michael Richard as Denton, Malefi Monaisa as Shorty, Graham Hopkins as Harold, Louise St. Clair as Veronica and Dr. Hasu and Kartlo as Innocence. Melissa is played by Shelley Meskin, Anil by Huey Lowe, Gift by Mpo Osei Tutu, Silas by Rantebeng Makapan and Ruben by Richard van der Westhuizen. 
Technical production is by Karen Gravitt, Neria McQuena, and Mbabi Machiba. Head writer is Paul Slabalepsi, with script editing and direction by Bruce Miller. And you can get all the latest lowdown on the show by visiting the Radio VUCA page on Facebook. And now you can listen to an omnibus edition of the week's episodes by going to YouTube and searching for Radio VUCA.